Hey, good Saturday morning and welcome to the Better Modesto Show. I'm your host, Jim Applegate, my co-host, Chris Rickey, and we have a guest today who is back with us. Her name is Nancy Martinez. Nancy, welcome back on the show. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. So good to be here with the two of you this morning. And uh, Chris, huge thanks to you. You've taken the last two weeks with some great guests on our show. And unfortunately, I couldn't be there. I would love to kind of hear your take on how the last two shows were, especially with Joe Lopez. How was that? Yeah, I mean, well, the show's been great. I mean, they'd be better with more Jim. All these shows always need more Jim. But um, no, just good conversations. And, you know, really love having a city manager who is just, he's transparent with us and he he's really working hard every day to make the city better and the kind of person that we want working with us, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, part of that is the city council having the attitude that we've been trying to create here on the show that sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And, you know, I feel like for you guys, for, you know, what Sue has been able to do as our mayor in Modesto, for you guys on the city council, you've created that environment. And I think that's helped, um, you know, free Joe up to be that kind of city manager. Yeah, I mean, his leadership is is part of it, but I think the mayor's also very very important um and she's done just a really she's been a, done a good job of inspiring the council to work together yeah that's been um it's been a really it's been a treat to work with her yeah she's she's definitely a great leader um for this season for sure so super thankful for her yeah, yeah well hey we jump right into business uh maybe we should just pause a second and say how are you doing man so good to see you Man, it is. It's good to see you too. And I tell you what, it's just been, it has been a crazy couple of weeks and, uh, oh God, I mean, it's just, it just doesn't stop, you know, um, like good news wise, like, did you know that we released our last COVID patient from the ICU this week? Wow. There are no more COVID patients in the ICU in Stanislaus County. Man, that is so, that's what I heard. I hope, I think it, I'm 99% sure it's true, but wow. Like that's crazy. That is great. And it's so awesome. And so what I'm finding is like, oh, all of a sudden there's all these things that you, the people are doing now, like getting together again. And so I'm looking at my schedule and it's just like, I'm getting crushed, you know, (laughs) I don't know what to do, man. I'm just absolutely like, like a yard sale, you know, trying to figure out all the stuff that I need to do and that I can do it while still trying to manage the family and everything else. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Nancy, what, how have your last couple of weeks been? Um, good. You know, I, I don't, I didn't really notice the change from being in COVID to not being in COVID until today where I was wearing a mask and everybody that I've seen has been like, we're not in COVID anymore. You can take it off. Even if, you know, they're besides political affiliation, all of that, like everybody's just like on the same page, no more masks. And I'm just like, okay. I will follow along with the train then. Um, so yeah, that was the first time. So I think it's it's been crazy also to get back in the community and talk to people. Um, yeah, happy to be back. Yeah, it's so cool. To, it, I just it's nice to be back. Like for reals. Like it's it's a different world again, and uh, it's like being little rebirth going on, and it's just neat to see people again. I went out to the uh, Woodland West little pizza fundraiser they did at Mountain Mike's 
this last week. And it was just really neat to see people and just sit and talk with, you know, people they had met before. And it just, you can do that again. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I feel like even as a pastor, I feel like I have a whole new congregation because I haven't seen a lot of people's faces in two years. <laughs> and now all of a sudden I'm seeing their faces for the first time and, and getting to know them in different ways. So I'm, I'm super thankful for that. I'm also, um, you know, I was talking to a couple of my other pastor friends about this. I'm also noticing there is a little bit of latency in terms of grieving that comes with the pandemic too, and people dealing with different sorts of mental illness now that the panics, the, the pandemic's going to be over, you know, to some degree, it's like, it's almost like we were coping, we were coping, we were coping. Now we don't have to cope that way anymore. Now, some of the, you know, the, the things that we couldn't talk about, we couldn't grieve about before, and now all of a sudden, all of a sudden coming to the surface and uh, I'm seeing, you know, different types of stress in people's life. And even one of them is like, how do I be social again? You know, are you guys seeing that at all? Well, I'm feeling it. You're feeling that? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that. like, well, how can I be at three places at once? Like, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. so what, what type of thing are you feeling, Nancy? When, when you say that you're feeling the stress of trying to be social again? You will. See, I was in college when COVID hit. And so I was graduating college when COVID was still going on. So now I'm just getting the taste of being an adult and being out in the community and talking to people. And so the pressure of knowing how to interact in professional settings, non-professional settings, it's all new to me, completely new to me um, before just being, you know, a youth, a minor, being around the community. Um it's just a completely different perspective that I'm having to learn and accept. And it's just been difficult as an introvert. It's just, it's just hard to be out there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that my, I'm married to a hardcore introvert and she, I think she tells me every day that she's an introvert and uh, you know, I'm pretty extroverted. So it's uh, you know, it's, it's just interesting to try and figure out how to keep that balance together. So I feel your pain in that. You know, one thing I keep telling people, and I don't know if this is, you know, just because I'm a pastor and I'm used to talking to people all the time, but I, I tell people, memorize 10 questions that you can ask people when you meet them for the first time. You know, just like, where did you go to school? How long have you been in Modesto? What's your favorite kind of ice cream? You know, what was your first job? You know, just like 10 questions that if you memorize those, uh, you would never be without conversation. And I remember you know, someone saying to me early on, uh, you know, if you can get somebody talking about themselves, they'll, they'll be your best friend forever, you know? And so that was, you know, those are kind of some of my secrets of trying to go from, you know, being introverted and a little bit fearful to kind of just engaging in conversation. So do you guys have any tricks like that that you follow? I'm not sure, man. You just are the uh, communications guy, Chris. Yeah, it's kind of just do what you can bet, do the best you can, man, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I'm learning it all from you all. There we go. <laughs> Picking it up as we go. Well, I remember, uh, do you guys remember the um, CNN broadcaster, Larry King, who used to do interviews? Mm -hmm. And he yeah. wrote a book called uh, How to Talk to Anyone, Anytime, Anywhere. And it's just a short little book, but man, it was so helpful. And uh, I just love that guy's communication style. He really wasn't afraid to ask anybody any questions. 
um, but did it with good, good tact and professionalism as well. So worked out good. Yeah. Well, hey, we got a great show today. Uh, we're going to talk to Nancy about In Solidarity, which is in one of the nonprofit organizations that she's involved with. And they've got their second meeting coming up. And so we want to talk through that. But, um, you know, let's start just by having conversation about what's going on in city council right now in Modesto, Chris. So can you give us some uh, insight to what's happening? Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot going on right now. I think one of the biggest issues we've got is we're trying to decide, you know, what the state of California has mandated. So this is not the city council out there deciding, but the state of California has mandated that we're going to change the way that we collect garbage and that way that we deal with our waste. That is something that's been mandated by the state of California. And I hear in the community, a lot of people saying like, the city council is raising our garbage rates. And while that's true, it's a, not a result of us saying we want to change these rates. It's a result of the state mandating that this is how cities need to need to collect garbage and that's going to cost more money um and so like if people are angry about that you need to talk to your your assembly members your, your state senators that kind of stuff and you can talk to them and, and tell them how you feel about it but we just are we are we are required by law to do what they ask us to do that being said the city is doing a survey of what kind of system we want to do to comply with the law and the different choices, like whether it's a two-can system or a three-can system or a three-can system that's picked up every other week, there's all sorts of variations. You can decide how much more we're going to pay. And so that's important because I know people are on fixed incomes and they maybe have like, you know, a budget that they could maybe afford to pay. Or, you know, maybe maybe the recycling is more important to you than, than the extra money you pay. And so you should vote that way. But either way, it's a decision we have to make as a community together on which direction we want to go. But no matter what we do, we're going to have to raise rates. That's just it's state law. And so this is something that's being pushed down from the state of California, and they're giving some variability on how we can go about doing it. But it's not coming from city council. So, hey, we've got to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to ask you about the three different cans because we haven't really explained that. So right now we have two cans and we're gonna to go to three cans. And so what's the other one for? And so I wanna hear all about that. So you're listening to the Better Modesto Show on KFIV 1360. We're also live on the iHeartRadio app and you can also find us on our podcast, on our social media. Just go check us out at Better Modesto on Facebook or Spotify or Apple, wherever you find your podcast, you can find us there and go to all the back seasons. So we'll see you right after the break. Hey, welcome back to the Better Modesto Show. I'm your host, Jim Applegate, my co-host, Chris Ricky. We were two guys who ran for city council. Chris won and gets to go to all the meetings, and I just get to support him. So <laughs> you you know who won in that equation. And uh, you know, quite honestly, I think Modesto won in that equation, too, because, Chris, you've done a bang-up great job of being uh, in our city for our city, and we just appreciate you like crazy. And I, that's saying quite a lot in this very busy season that you're in right now. So well, thank thanks, you, Chris. <laughs> thank yeah. you. It's very nice. Yeah. And, you know, you're over a year in now, almost a year and a half in, and you still yeah. have a great attitude about our city. I really feel like we're really making a difference as a council right now. and We're doing a lot of awesome things. And yeah, I look at some of the stuff we've done, like how we've did the chat program to try to help our homeless people, you know, like instead of calling the 
the police on every call. We've got these new social workers that come out and help the homeless when you get that call to the police. It says, you know, we're having a problem with the homeless doing X, Y, or Z. We've got maybe someone that could come in and not necessarily, you know, not haul them off to jail, but see if we can like find some solutions for them, you know? Um, and then we've got the ranger program that we just put in place for the parks that's going to be, you know, going full speed this this summer to try to do stuff. And I could go on and on, but like we've just achieved a lot of great stuff. I mean, we're cut, we're cutting down trees, we're pulling stumps, we're planting new trees. Like I never would have thought we would have got that done in a year. Like we did it. Like yeah. It's like it's some really good stuff is happening. I'm so proud of like the work we're doing. Yeah, I'm excited. In my neighborhood, we're going to a park ranger discussion tomorrow night specifically for the college area neighborhood and that's exciting to me because that's something we've been asking for for a while and the city council has responded so hey we also got our guests on our show nancy martinez who is representing in solidarity so thanks nancy for joining us again thanks for having me so do you know anything about this three can system have you heard about this no Mm-mm. i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Just All right. yet. I'm, I'm thinking it's the big cans where you put your trash in. Yep. So we have a black one, a green one, and what's up, Chris? And we have a blue one. Okay. Yeah, and the blue one's for your like recyclables. So like they'll give you a whole list of what those things are exactly. But you know, in general, it's like glass and aluminum, basically. And then hopefully, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but hopefully it's some of the plastics too. But um yeah. But yeah, definitely aluminum glass. You can get that out there and, you know, get that stuff recycled rather than putting it in your can or having to haul it to some recycler, you know, every couple of weeks and get your car all gross because it's full of rotten stuff. So we want to, I mean, we want to celebrate this because this is going to be great for the environment and, uh, you know, really helpful for Modesto to get on board. I know there's a lot of other places in the state that already have a recycling trash can and a way to separate it out. So we want to celebrate the fact that this is going to be a really good thing for the planet as a whole and for our environment as a whole. But what you're saying is it also comes with a cost. Yeah. I mean, I just know that there's a lot of people in our community that are really, that are on fixed incomes, that this is going to be a tough requirement for. And I just want to be able to empathize with them and and what they're going through. I also think, Jim, you're right. There's some really great upsides of there's good things for our future of our of our world that we are going to be recycling that's a super positive thing that shouldn't be something we argue against right but um, i also like my my concern with it mostly is just a lot of the feedback i'm getting from people in our district is that it's just it's going to be a lot of money and they're not wrong yeah yeah i think it's probably going to add something like fifteen dollars per month something like that to the bill is that right the choices range, I think, from four to fifteen or something dollars a month. But I, I, my guess is it's going to end up somewhere in the middle, which yeah. we should also really be very thankful for because, you know, in parts of the county it went up thirty dollars a month. So, yeah, you know, I feel real good about the job that our, you know, that you know our solid waste department's doing in terms of managing this kind of tough thing the best they can. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Okay, so I'm really thankful, Chris, that we've got a city council member and really a city council that is uh, sensitive to the fact that a lot of people are on fixed income, and that's going to be difficult to deal with. So I appreciate that. You were also saying something about the water bill is going to go up. 
Yeah, they're they're working on the water bill. It's like water and sewer, and they're talking about raising those rates a little bit too. And again, this is um, in order to get into compliance with other state regulations. Um, and it's again, it's just like you're talking about, Jim. It's like a two-sided coin. I mean, there's positives in it, and that by fulfilling these requirements, we're going to have cleaner water for our kids, which I support cleaner water for our kids. But it also, those more stringent requirements cost more money. And so they raise the rates, you know? And so we're in another situation where our hands are kind of tied here. Um, but, you know, we're, there is, in this case, there's a direct vote of the property owners that goes out. And so everyone gets to choose. So that's a real, that's actually a super positive, right? It's a direct vote of the property owners. So you should be, if you don't know about already, you should be getting one relatively soon to vote on that, on that water rate increase. Yeah. Well, that's that. Yeah. Like you say, and I, I appreciate the fact that we're listening to our constituents, the people of our great city and our county and just saying, hey, let's let's figure out how to do this together. So, Chris, there was also one more thing going on with city council that you wanted to talk about. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, several months, well, actually, you know, a couple of years ago now. God, it's just all moving so fast. Um there was that really unfortunate incident where a police officer shot a person right before New Year's Eve. Um, Trevor Seaver was the person's name who got shot. And um, the community reacted, obviously. And um, as a result of that, the police department and a bunch of activists and the city all got together and they created this new um, thing called Forward Together, which is basically we're all going to work together and try to find kind of the best way for us to like, you know, work with the police department and have, find ways for the community to better rea and in, interact with the police department. And so they've been working on forward together for like six months and they've been, and so I just wanted to give a quick report on it and just say like, it's been pretty inspiring to watch these radically different groups, like with very, very passionately different opinions about law enforcement come together and start to have like working compromises on how you know we can come together as a community and police still but also maintain um you know a stronger relationship with the community and build trust with the community and i think that is it's incredible the work that they've been able to do together and it's um and i just wanted to report on it forward together is it's exceeding my wildest expectations in terms of the results they're going to end up getting. So I don't know much about Forward Together, but what I'm assuming is, is that, you know, there's problems in our society that the police have been trying to fix by themselves or the school systems have been trying to fix by themselves, or maybe the, the um, probation department has been trying to fix by themselves. And really what we're saying is let's bring everybody together and figure out how we can fix the problem together. So rather well, than one organization being at the center, it's the problem at the center and we're all trying to fix it. Is that what's happening? No, I mean, that sounds amazing. And I think we should create that thing too. That would be, that's just, a, I love that idea. Um, so we should do that. But this is more like, let's get together and like talk about the challenges that we have as a community and policing specifically. Okay. And how can we make, how can we improve policing in our community and how can the community and the police work together to just, you know, be more harmonious and more positive together. Right. And so, yeah. um, 
there were lots of things that have come out of that. The chat program, I think, is, is a dividend of that process. Although the police department moved ahead with it before Forward Together even was finished, right? Like they were, they, but that was the chat program was built off the Cahoots program. We were talked, we talked about so many times on this show, yeah. you know, how important, like we need a Cahoots program. We, we've got that. We've got our Cahoots style program. Obviously we can't be exactly Cahoots, but like we've got a program similar now, thanks to the work like that these guys are all doing together and thanks to the community speaking up. Yeah. Um, but four together was more like, are we going to have an independent auditor? Are we going to, you know, independent police auditor? Are we going to have a citizens review committee? Like they were tasked with some really, really difficult questions. And I just, they're, and they're not done yet. So don't get me wrong. Cause they, they still have to finalize all these compromises they're making. And then the city council needs to approve them. But I guess the report I'm trying to give is that I'm just really pleased with their progress. That's fantastic. You know, so many times it seems like if if the rest of society doesn't want to deal with things, then it trickles down to the police department. Yeah. And they kind of become the 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 bottom end of the funnel that has to, you know, catch all. So whatever laws are made, whatever laws are not made, uh, the police department gets called and tries to figure out how to embrace a lot of these things. So it's just great to hear that the uh, the the law enforcement is working together to try and resolve some of these issues and uh, you know, inviting the community in on that discussion. So, hey, we need to take a quick station break. Uh, so you're listening to the Better Modesto Show. I'm your host, Jim Applegate. Chris Rickey is my co-host. Nancy Martinez is here today. And you're listening on KFIV 1360. We're also live on the iHeartRadio app. And I promise you, when we come back, we are gonna start talking to Nancy about In Solidarity and uh, this great event that happened in Modesto and is going to happen again in Modesto. So we will see you right after the break. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show. I'm Jim Applegate, my co-host Chris Rickey, and our guest today is Nancy Martinez from In Solidarity. So Nancy, this is your second time on our show. I think you're one of the first people to ever get welcome back on our show. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, we, we thank you that we didn't scare you off the first time and that you actually want to have a part again. <laughs> well, I hope this isn't my last time. Am I maxing out my limit of coming on? Not at all. We've, we've appreciated you being in our, in our studio every time we've done this. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. So, hey, tell us a little bit about In Solidarity and what you are trying to do as a group. Thank you. So In Solidarity is a conversation on racism here in Stanislaus County. And it's it, it, it's not an organization per se, but it's more of an event that we hope to put quarterly together uh, moving forward. And, and the goal, the hope of it is that we're bringing community in from different diverse pockets of the area um, to come together and, and build community, literally build community through conversation on different lived experiences, um, different backgrounds, identities. And so what we do with this event, we've had our first one in November. Uh, what we did is we brought people together. We had small group conversations to talk about the different pathways that people have in Cesar's County growing up, you know, as, as white, black, Latinos, um, Asian, right? And, and then the goal is to just really build that conversation and begin to listen and understand each other in ways that I think has been missing in Cesar's County. So... That's the overall goal to just build conversation. So tell us how that first conversation went. 
uh, it was beautiful. I, I think it, uh, it was really scary to plan it and um, not know how it was going to unfold. But I think it, it was better than we hoped it would have been. Um, it was an emotional night for sure. I, I saw people leaving that were looking a little emotional. Um, and But I think for the most part, people really enjoyed it because there wasn't that space to just come together and share stories or, and, or listen. Um, we looked at data afterwards and we found that there was a lot of um, older white folk in the room. And that was amazing to see that people were coming out and were willing to take part in that conversation. So I think it just showed that there's a need for this to keep hosting these conversations. So Nancy, I have to ask you, like, what do you consider an older person? <laughs> like, how old is an older person? Oh, you don't want the answer to this, Joe. <laughs> no, I really, I really do. I want to get her question. on air saying what an older person is. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want to see, Chris, if you're in this category or if I'm in this category. So I think you already know the answer. But go ahead. No, you, you know, I, I think I'm, gonna, I'm not going to answer that directly. But wise people Ooh. have been in the community <laughs> for longer than others. Well, just so that. I mean, in Radio Land, you guys can't see us, but I, I do want to make sure that you know that. Uh, Chris still has a full head of black hair and I am totally gray. So I think that she's probably referring to me in that, but Chris, you got to attend that event. How was it for you? I, I really enjoyed it. I love um, challenging my assumptions and my point of view and events like that. That was one of the most honest discussions I've ever seen on race. And frankly, I was, completely shocked that it was happening in Modesto. Um, and I was just so proud of it happening here in, in downtown Modesto with the profile of people that were there. Um, and yeah, it, it was just really, really mind blowing. And I walked out of there just incredibly proud of what Modesto was doing. Yeah. I would, I would ditto that. And Nancy, I would just say congratulations to In Solidarity because, you know, so often when we have conversations about racism and we want to talk about really difficult subjects, um, it's done in a, such a way that people get really defensive. And I didn't feel at all like you presented it in a defensive way. Um, there was no attacking in there and people didn't get blamed. I didn't feel like I was being blamed for it. I felt like what you were really trying to do was uh, make me aware of some people in our town who, who have very different upbringings and perspectives than I do and make me aware of the situations that they have. And so it was great. It was great to be able to hear that. Mm -hmm. And honestly, quite heartbreaking too. Oh yeah, definitely. I think uh, we, we had Dr. Rowe from Stanislaus um, State open up with a presentation on you know stats and, and the lived experiences of a lot of communities of color in our country. And, and it's always sad um, to see that be a reality, right? Um, but, but like you said, it does not come out of a place of trying to put blame on someone or on a community, but it's, it's about coming together to move forward together and re accepting those realities to be able to move forward. Yeah, so you know what we learned in that meeting was there were some things that have been set up in the past that are ongoing in the present that actually create um, inequality and create structure of people 
not being able to get out of poverty or not being able to get out of certain areas of Modesto, not being able to get certain jobs or certain loans or move into certain areas in terms of housing. And so we learned about those things and that was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited for the next conversation. Um, If I can share a little bit about that, we're actually having our second conversation on June 9th and it'll be specifically about education and racism. So we are going to be talking about a lot of what our students go through, um, through our education systems and the, the, the inequality and the disparities that we see um, there. So it's going to be an interesting conversation, but um, yeah, it's always good to keep learning. Right? And, and I want to shout out, like you said, there's different inequalities in our community um, regarding to housing, right? Sharon Froba, who is a community member, has done a great, amazing work trying to uplift those truths that there's still uh, things that we do not like seeing written on house deeds, right? That limit people from owning houses. Um, and although we don't, I think that's not a practice anymore, it's still in written form on house deeds. And it's just um, unfortunate to know that that's, that's, that's what the world that we live in. Yeah, that, those, those are really sad realities that we're all trying to become aware of so that we can maybe just change a few things about the way we live um, to, to help that out. So tell me, you know, in this conversation you want to have about education and racial inequality, what are some of the issues that we're going to address on that June 9th meeting? Well, I, I, there's going to be a, a plethora. There's, I think there's too many issues to really go deep into um, when specifically coming into, into education. But some of the more striking, I guess, data sets um, reveal disparities in um, suspension rates, right? We see that a lot of Black youth are getting suspended um, at a much higher and alarming rate than other students. And, and we also see like graduation rates, right? They're not where they should be. Um, all students should be graduating, but we see that there's still disparities in those numbers. So we're gonna to touch on a lot of things, but we hope to have a panel of students, um, educators, administrators to, to really dive into those, um, not maybe not numbers and data sets, but to talk about their own experiences, seeing things unfold um, within the system. Yeah, I can see some of our listeners and, you know, I, I can hear their voices because this would probably have been one of my voices. One of the things I would have said probably five or six, maybe 10 years ago would be, well, if those kids, if they would just behave, they wouldn't get suspended. Right. And if they would just do what their teachers are telling them to do, and if they would just do what their principals are telling them to do, how would you respond to that? It's so much deeper than that. I think it's, it goes with, um, that need for our generation, my generation, that we want to build generational wealth, right? And we are not understanding how. And then other people would say, well, you just start investing. There's so many other systems that are at play with this, um, food insecurity, right? Housing um, issues, there's health disparities, right? There's so much that affects our youth and how um, education shapes youth and how teachers go about like different situations with different youth that it's not as simple as just changing one's behavior. It's never that simple. Yeah. It has to do with the um, neighborhood you grew up in. It has to do with the kind of healthcare that you have access to even 
the type of breakfast cereal that you get that morning. I mean, if you're just uh, eating highly carb sugar type stuff, then what's your behavior going to be like when you come off that sugar crash when you get to school? And if no one gives you any sort of understanding of that, Mm-hmm. then, uh, then, you know, what are your options? So I, I think you're right. It's really not quite as simple as just, um, Hey, if you would behave, uh, that's definitely a part of it. I mean, I think everybody's got to take responsibility for themselves, but I think the other side of it is us coming alongside and helping people take responsibility for themselves. Right. So, all right, we need to take another quick station break, but when we come back, I want to ask more questions about this In Solidarity event that's coming up on June 9th and uh, invite all of our listeners to come to that. So you're listening to the Better Modesto Show. We're on KFIV 1360, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And also uh, you can look for us on our social media and listen to back episodes of our show on our podcast and we would love to get your comments love to have you like our social pages uh, so we'll see you right after the break hey welcome back to the better modesto show i hope you're having a great saturday morning hope that you're out in our community doing some great things spending money at some of our great restaurants enjoying some coffee at culture coffee or other places around town and uh, this morning we are talking with nancy martinez uh, about in solidarity. And this is an event that a group has started in Modesto just to make us aware of some of the racial inequality and injustice issues in our city. And uh, we were saying right before the break that we're really encouraged at some of the things that are happening in our community. And, uh, you know, the conversations that are starting to be engaged and the fact that people aren't as defensive as they used to be, they realize we're not attacking people. We're really just trying to have a conversation so we can improve the lives of so many people in our community. And I just wonder, Nancy, are you encouraged with some of the things that are going on in our community? Definitely. I think I've lately I've been getting a lot of, um, been getting more involved in the community and seeing how, I don't know if it's, there's been a shift because I'm just recently coming into the community as a community advocate, um, you know, civic engagement person but I feel like there's been a shift in how we're working together previously I feel like there's a lot of silo work going on right and I think now we've gotten into this in this framework and this mindset that in order to create change we need to come together so a lot of there's a lot of initiatives in our community that I'm look I'm hoping that are changing our community for the best I have siblings in school and elementary school high school I'm really optimistic to see what Modesto and San Jose County looks like as a whole in the next five, 10 years. Yeah. Chris, are you encouraged in this conversation? The fact that people are starting to engage in it as well? I love the fact that we're starting to have these conversations and it just, right. It, we're in such an interesting space right now in that a lot of these conversations are still really awkward and for someone like me who grew up in a certain way and you grew up hearing all these things like, oh, if, you know, like, like Nancy was saying, you know, oh, well, if those, you know, those people just saved better or did X or Y better, you know, everything would be fine. But realizing the realities that the game board was set up in a lot of ways against a lot of really great cultures in our community, you know, and um, just acknowledging that uh, 
number one is hard. It's hard to do. Um, and it's hard to wrap your head around what the next steps should look like as a, you know, as a society, like, but having that awkward, uncomfortable conversation is, this is how we started. So I began, like, I just, it's a truly groundbreaking um, program and everyone should check it out. You know, yeah, I remember probably about 10 years ago, I was at a pastor's conference. Uh, it was in Miami. And uh, this organization that we were with uh, had, got, had gotten about five African American pastors up on the stage and just asked them to share their stories. And it was absolutely mind blowing to me. I'd never heard anything like this before. And one of the guys, I still remember what he said. He said that you know, he, his dad was a pastor. He said, I've never done drugs. I've never done alcohol. I've never drank alcohol in my entire life. I've never done anything like that. And yet I had been, he had been behind uh, a cop car in handcuffs three times. And, uh, it, and it just made me begin to be aware, oh, there's, there's something going on here. And he said that, you know, he had the talk as a black uh, man with his dad and his dad said to him, hey, you have three strikes against you, son. He says, you're a man, you're black, and you're big. And so he had to tell him, like, this is how you need to respond in every society, uh, in, every, in every part of society that you're in. And just had to have that. And I, and I thought, I've never had that conversation with, my, with, with one of my children. Um, would never even think I'd need to have one of those conversations. And then I remember going to uh, UC, my one, two of my daughters went to UCLA, go Bruins. And uh, one of the first books that they had to read together, I guess UCLA, they always read a book in their freshman class together. It was a book by uh, Tanahishi Coates called um, Between the World and Me. And it's a black dad talking to his son about what the world is like that he's going to grow up in. And it just blew my mind because it's pretty short read, but it's just conversations I would never, ever have. Uh, and it, it just began to help me realize there's a conversation going on here that I was not even aware of as a white um, old guy. I think that's what I think that's what Nancy called me. Didn't you hear her call me that, Chris? Uh, white I didn't guy? hear her call you that. Oh, thank I'm, you. I'm pretty sure I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> but that was i mean that was fantastic and so i i feel like that's the conversation that you guys are starting to bring into our city yeah and, and not just city i mean county i think for this second go around at this event we want to be intentional of how we're bringing different pockets of the community out here so even though the event will be hosted here in modesto post event we hope to engage uh, residents and Patterson, Oakdale, Turlock in different smaller conversations so that it's really the entire community and not just Modesto centric. Yeah. Um, Chris, what are some of the questions that you wish In Solidarity would answer at this event? I think the biggest challenge is what can we do to positively move like in a better direction as a community? Um, you know, in a positive way, that's not punitive, that's not, you know, that just allows us to embrace where we're at, but also move forward, you know, forward as a, as a community 
to address and solve these problems and frankly um, move on to the better space that's out there because when everyone's involved and everyone has the same opportunities incredibly good things happen you know like i'm i'm at the i'm at the the park and i'm looking at all my all the kids playing together with my son and like it looks like the rainbow and they're having they're just knocking themselves out man that's the future modesto so exciting yeah, I think this is probably one of the, the better things that's going on is our, our, you know, kids are watching TV with a lot of multi-ethnic, um, you know, we're able to go to the mall now and get multi-ethnic food. Uh, we're seeing the beauty of different cultures and the different people involved in society in that way. And so, so thankful for that. It's just diversity is strength. It really is. Yeah. And when we begin to realize that there, there are other ways of seeing things, of doing things, like I was even thinking today as a contractor, you know, I, I've traveled around the world and seen people do, you know, build buildings in different ways. And there's not just one size fits all. There's many ways to uh, skin a cat. And so it's, I don't know, it's really helpful to be able to see all these different cultures coming together and maybe learning something new from other cultures. Yeah. And, and to call out what Chris was saying, I think when, when we really embrace diversity and, um, or giving up or giving opportunities to a wide variety of communities, we really reap the benefit of that. Um, and, and, and to call a direct example, I mean, I come from the undocumented community um, and that's an underground workforce, right? It's in tremendously hardworking people who are unable to get working permits, who are still finding ways to work and bring money into our economy. And if, if we allow, I mean, this is a higher conversation, right? But if that workforce could be activated to contribute to the economy at a higher level, this, there's, there'd be a lot stronger economy in our community, um, a lot more to see and, you know, different pockets of the community, but it, it would just be amazing if that one community could flourish the way that other communities do. Um, and that's only one community, right? But if we did that same for all the other um, communities that face a lot of disparities, like it would just be a whole different world. Yeah, I remember, um, you know, a couple of shows ago, we were talking to someone and they were telling us that the, the, the Crow's Landing, which a lot of people refer to as Little Mexico, mm -hmm it generates the majority of the sales tax for the yeah. city of Modesto. Yeah. And that's mind blowing. So when we can all work together on this is great. So, Hey, we've got about a minute left, Nancy, but can you tell us who would you like to come to this event? Um, you, you know, I think last time I said everybody, and, and I think this time I, I also want to say that again, uh, that we want to see a good diverse bunch of people. Um, but I think oh, this com these conversations are, or for people who need to get in touch with um, themselves and look inward, right, and are ready to take that leap of faith and have a difficult conversation that they have not had in the past on a topic that might not affect them. So if you feel that you fit into that box, please come out. Um, but everybody else, like I said, we want to have more youth involved in this because they are the next generation. They're inheriting our community, right? Um, so we want to make sure that youth come out, um, people from all backgrounds and identities. So, yeah, I hope to see you all there. <laughs> right on. And just real quick, where can we find out about this event? 
Um, we have an Eventbrite um, link that you can go to register for the event. If you just type in Eventbrite in Solidarity and Stanislaus, it should come up. But we also, if you can follow our page on Instagram, we'll have a lot more updates on there. And um, it's Join Debrief. That's the, the account we'll be posting a lot of updates on. Great. Well, hey, thanks for joining us this morning. You've been listening to the Better Modesto Show. I'm Jim Applegate. Chris Ricky is my co-host. And Nancy Martinez from In Solidarity has been our guest today. And we are on 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And we will see you next week for another great show. Have a great day, Modesto.